30 Nerdy's presenting sponsor and the home of all of the official 30 Nerdy swag is Advertising Expressions. Juice, what would Superman be without the big S on his shirt? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And what about Iron Man? What, what if he couldn't slap that Stark Industries logo on everything? You know, Clark and Tony, they probably go to Advertising Expressions, like us, for all their advertising needs. Oh, yeah. And so should you. And when you need your own symbol, like for work, church, school, a team of super friends maybe, check out Advertising Expressions. They can help you get your name and logo in front of as many people as possible, as often as possible, for as long as possible. That's right. So whether you're a billionaire, playboy, philanthropist, or faster than a speeding bullet, check out Advertising Expressions at advertising-expressions.com. Or give them a call at 423-586-3270. And tell them the nerds at 30 and Nerdy Podcast sent you. What's up, nerds and nerdettes? Welcome to the season four premiere of 30 and Nerdy Podcast. I am your host with the most, the Duke of Nerds, the sweet tea of the nerdy South, Tyler Mack, and joined, of course, by the co-host, the podfather of 30 and Nerdy, the brains behind the operation, the freshly squeezed, juicy one, the doctor of nerdonomics, Joshua Logan. Davis. <laughs> Dr. Davis. Whoa. Season four. Mm. Some people might even call it the fantastic season four. Absolutely. At least, you know, that's what I heard. I that's the word. Word on the street. Yeah. Man, it's so great to be back. I, it feels like something's been missing for several yeah. weeks here. And now we're back. I've been looking forward to this. I think I said... When in our last episode, which we, you know, had the season three finale, and that was to to discuss and celebrate the life of Stan Lee. Mm-hmm. Um, I said that I love doing this, but I looked forward to the break. Um, yeah. And a lot has happened in the break, and we're, we're going oh, to yeah. discuss that, not just in nerd culture, but in real life. Um, but uh, it, it is nice to be back. It's nice to to get to create again and get to do this and talk nerd stuff with you. Uh, I've been looking yeah. forward to it, uh, especially talking about some of the topics we're talking about, things that went on while we were on sabbatical. Um, very excited. A lot happened in the world um, that we knew was coming, but we didn't you know, take the time to discuss. So we're going to hit some points in some places uh, during the episode. But uh, let's talk a little bit about life first. Uh, the yeah, good, yeah. the bad, the ugly, all that fun stuff. Juice, um, how about how about you? Uh, you go first. Um, yeah. So, unfortunately, we had sort of a series of unfortunate events uh, here <laughs> here on my end. Um, not gonna go into too awfully much detail. You know, I don't want to be a downer here on our kickoff show of the season. We have lots of really happy, positive, wonderful, exciting things to talk about, but. Um, 
we unfortunately did have a pretty significant loss uh, here in my family. Uh, we lost my mother-in-law, uh, my wife's mom, Connie. Uh, she passed away a couple of weeks ago. Um, I always feel the need to say this, not that it really matters. It wasn't a COVID related thing. Um, she had, you know, a few other uh, issues. Um, pretty traumatic couple of weeks, last couple of weeks of her life, you know, for, for her family and everything, for all of us, really tough situation. Um, she did pass. So it's, it's been difficult. And, you know, <laughs> my daughter, Emma would stay with her you know, through the week while we were at work, we would, she would go to, to Mimi's house every day. So it's been a big adjustment and, you know, trying to explain that to a four-year-old has not been easy. Um, and just figuring out our new normal, you know, but we, we had a get together at, uh, my wife's parents' house yesterday to celebrate her brother's birthday. And, you know, everybody was there together and, and laughing and having a good time and taking some time to mourn and remember as well, you know, um, then there's been other things. We've had some COVID run-ins. We had, <laughs> we had a run-in with a pit bull next door that we've had to deal with. Um, just lots of things. And it just felt like it was just one bad thing after the other, you know, it's a really tough, uh, month or so for us. Um, but I think things are looking up. I, I think that we've had our share of, of the bad times now. And I think that good yeah. things are coming. Good things have to be on the horizon. And I really believe that. And, um, you know, it, it's great to be here and, and escape to, to this thing that, that we like to do together that, you know, we've built together and, and, and sort of have, have some time away from all that, you know, and, and spending time with you is always good for me. Uh, you know, makes me forget about some of those things sometimes, because we just always have such a great time and, and yeah. everything. So uh, that being said, getting all that negative stuff out of the way, I want to be one of the first to publicly congratulate you because we have great things to talk about. Great news here. Yeah. Speaking of changes and, and good things on the horizon, there might be some some bells with that we yes. hear often. Some wedding bells. Yes, wedding bells. Um, so I had been quietly and and some of the hardest stuff to do on this this episode, this podcast in those final weeks of uh January. <laughs> Of, of December were to not talk about it, whether it was <laughs> on the episode or anything like that. Cause I knew Madison listened and she's been so amazing and devout and, and supports the podcast, uh, whether it's video stuff or audio stuff. Um, and I remember when we were recording the finale, uh, you asked, you were like, are you alone downstairs? I said, <laughs> yeah. When are you doing the thing? Um, and I know that Rich and Ken M and all them were also jumping for joy because they were the ones who called me out on a podcast. And uh, I did finally take the leap. And uh, on New Year's Eve, proposed to Madison. And thankfully, she said yes. Uh, it's one of those things where, like, she would say things like, you could use a sandwich drawstring and propose to me and fred miller park or walmart parking lot and i'd say yes and you know those things but still it's so nerve-wracking like making sure that everything happens and so for a month or so me and nolan and peyton had been planning and putting our heads together about when where how um they helped me pick out the ring um and 
one thing that we do as a family, and you've said it multiple times on this episode, is we do things as a, a unit together a lot, whether it's yeah. McLympics and creating, you know, games or the amazing race for Nolan's birthday, a murder mystery birthday for me. We do things. So we knew that it would not be weird or random if we just said, hey, on New Year's Eve, wear black or black and gold. We're going to take family pictures downtown. We knew that she'd just be like, okay, I'll wear my black dress, you know, blah, blah, blah. Typical thing. Because it's a typical McDaniel thing. (laughs) And so I had the ring and I was at work that day with the ring in my my car and I was waiting and everybody at work, I came in, I said, today's the day, guys. Uh, I'm leaving early to go downtown and I was talking all that and they all hugged me. They were all very like, you know, because Brian and Mallory, uh, who I work with, Brian's my boss, and Mallory uh, is his sister who also worked at Opry and in the theater world. They knew me before and knew of the trials and tribulations and the good and the bad. So they were like going like, you know, you deserve this. So it's about time. Yeah. She's amazing. She's great. We're just so happy that you finally met someone you deserve. And so then we got there and I pick her up and Peyton and no one and me have planned out this entire script. They're going to call. Well, after I picked her up and they're going to, they're going to be on speaker because I'm driving and well, guess what, Tyler, Christopher is, is running behind. So we're going to go ahead and get down there and get yours and Madison's out of the way. And is that okay? And uh, is that okay with you, babe? Yeah, yeah, sure. Let's just go ahead and get ours, uh, just the two of ours out of the way and stuff like that. And, and I went off script and said, Hey, uh, afterwards, do you want so we're going to pass by pals. Do you want a tea? You and no one want a tea. And there's this silence. And apparently she looked over at no one and was like, what the hell is he doing? It's not on the script. No one's like, he's improv and go. Just <laughs> it's natural. And she goes, oh, uh, she says she went, oh, okay. Uh, no, no, we're good. <laughs> Just like, she's like, you can't go off script. I don't improv, Tyler. <laughs> Number one rule, always say yes, Peyton. Yeah, just always say yes. Uh, so we got there and we took some pictures together. And, you know, she afterwards, she thought, I thought it'd be years. I was like, years? <laughs> she was like, yeah, I thought, you know, I'm willing to wait and it'll be years. And I'm fine with that. And I was like, no, not years. Are you crazy? <laughs> I was like, um, so I just told her, you know, I didn't want to go into the new year without knowing. And her knowing that I'm going to spend the rest of my life with her. And I proposed to her in Morristown, Tennessee is the only place in the country that has this overground sidewalk that we have downtown. And it was beautiful. It was still decorated for Christmas. And I got a little emotional because I have been through hell and back again. Um, if, uh, if there's some people who can attest to that, it's you. Uh, you know, you were yeah. there. Yeah. You were there when you physically picked me up one night years ago when shit hit the fan and you've been there ever since. And uh, I just uh, it was great news. And um, yeah, uh, so I'm engaged. And (laughs) a little over a year from now, I'll be saying I do to someone who also 
literally saved me and um, I'm thrilled. And tomorrow we're going to go uh, finalize on the venue in Knoxville. So um, I'm excited. I'm stoked. Um, and I feel like there's we're gonna have time. a big party. Yeah, we're going to have gonna a big party. Great. It's going to be great. Um, you know, seriously, uh, if we're going to be all sappy and sentimental here for a minute, I guess this occasion calls for it. You know, that was a there was a time, you know, four or five years ago, you did go through several tough breaks kind of all in a row. Um, and, you know, I was there and, you know, didn't even have to think about it. You know, of course I was there. And, you know, this was a time when, you know, your family had, we're all sort of in different places, yeah. you know, like yeah. school and different jobs and stuff. And you had nobody but me. So yeah, I had to, you know, I had to be there. Not, not that I wouldn't have been anyway, but there came a point in time after so long when Madison came in the picture where I didn't have to worry about Tyler anymore because Tyler was being taken care of, you know? So I love Madison. Madison is perfect for you and you guys are perfect for each other. And um, I wish you guys nothing but joy and happiness forever. I can't wait for the big day. I can't no. wait to, to be up there and, and we're going to have a great celebration. And I'm just so, so excited and just much love to you both. And Madison, welcome to the crew officially. Yeah, I can't wait, man. I can't wait to to have have you up there with me again um, yeah. as a groomsman. And I can assure you, it will not be pink. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've already uh, some things. We are uh, also in the off season. Peyton shipped off to basic for the air yeah. force, uh, yeah. my sister, and so that that was a little tough. Uh, but I was happy that she was there for the proposal. And she even said, if you guys plan the whole thing while I'm gone, I will kill you both. And we were like, okay, so some things we have to hold off on because Maddie wants Peyton involved. And uh, yeah. yeah, so, but we're going to hopefully finalize on the venue tomorrow. And I'm excited, man. Um, I'm beyond happy. And I, I said it so many times and, and, Leading up to the season three finale, you know how many times I wanted to say like, and I'll tell you why I'm freaking happy, why I feel great, why I'm happy, because I'm about to propose, and but I couldn't, and like it was uh, crazy because, and she she'll tell she'll tell this story too, so it's not like it's a secret. She had a little bit of an anxious week leading up to the proposal, um, like just her anxiety and work was tough and and stuff like that, and so. She, for a good three or four days before the proposal, thought I, I was going to leave. I was going to break <laughs> up with her. She was in that mindset, like, I don't know why you stay and you're going to leave me. And then and, and life's terrible and it sucks and, and work sucks. And, and, and you're going to leave because I'm an anxious mess. And I was, I'm just like, if you could just hold on for a few days, I promise you I'm not going anywhere. I promise and in the, my drawer right now is the reason I'm not going anywhere. I'm just like, honey, get some sleep. You just need to rest. It'll be okay. Yeah. I'm not going anywhere. When all I want to go is Maddie, I'm going to propose. So just stop. <laughs> but um, and it's crazy because our, our friends at East Coast Avenger, JT, his fiance's name is Madison. And he proposed to her a couple months ago. <laughs> So I was like, hey, and uh, 
Um, I shared that him and his new fiance Madison are starting a podcast together. JT and Madison is called like um, something about being couples and it's, it's a new podcast. So you should go check it out. Um, and I shared it on my personal Facebook and at work, people thought me and Maddie, my Maddie, we're yeah. starting a podcast together. And she's like, oh, no, 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 no. She goes, no, 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 no. Uh, I was like, it takes enough to get whenever she's with us when we're recording. It takes a lot to get two thumbs up, Maddie. Like <laughs> just to get her to do that, to be in the same room we are. Um, and I'm excited, man. Uh, this year, this coming year is going to be great, not just for for nerd stuff and the podcast, but we're going to have a lot of fun. Uh, planning this thing and getting things prepared and getting our wedding parties together. Uh, I can't wait. I can't wait to. You neither. I, I'm excited, man. I'm excited. And like we said, a lot has happened. Um, uh, mom's surgery went off great. Uh, she's in, uh, I believe, week three, week, week four uh, post-op. Um, she's walking without the walker around the house. There were some nights where she, too, couldn't see the, you know, the light at the end and, yeah. uh, it was sad, but she's doing so much better. Uh, it's just been with, uh, and if I could just say something on Connie, um, I, I have known the nobles for since 2006 and Connie was one of the brightest, most beautiful hearts in the room whenever you were around she would always seek me out if we were in the same room together whether it was at a show or something there's that tyler how are you you know and just called you tyler mcdaniel tyler mcdaniel yeah so to say that heaven gained an amazing angel is is a understatement um but uh we love you and our uh, love goes to you and your family. Absolutely, thank you. Man. But uh, let's let's get into some crazy things going on. Uh, first off, have you kept up with the uh, the Microsoft Sony stuff? So very little, very little. <laughs> I was hoping you can inform me about this. I know that there was a big sale of what it was. Activision, is this right? Activision was bought by Xbox or Microsoft mm-hmm. to be under the microsoft banner okay now let's think activision is like the call of duty games and activision blizzard that does warcraft and activision has a ton of titles under it um and what's crazy about this buyout is even though like for instance call of duty alone in its contract activision had contracts with xbox and sony with microsoft and sony as an independent creator of games to where both systems would get their games, right? Okay. Well, Activision and Sony hope that Microsoft will honor the contract at least for the next three games until the contract's up before even considering Activision being an exclusive title to Xbox. I don't think it'll get that way. I think even, and plus, it is quite a flex if Microsoft didn't make them exclusive and Sony had to pay Microsoft 
<laughs> to get Activision games. That's a flex on like any other. Get your competition to pay you to put Call of Duty on their system. That's the way to win the war right there. It is a way to win the war, but there's a problem with it. The FTC and the Justice Department are going to have to get involved and review this sale before it even happens because they have to prove that the near $70 billion deal will not harm consumers, rivals, and or partners before our government approves the sale. Says uh, $75 billion. That's insane amount of money. All cash deal valued at $75 billion. But then Sony turned around and bought Bungie. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I saw that. And they said, no, this had nothing to do with the Activision sale. Okay. This was in the work for years. Why are we just now hearing about it? Like, it's getting confused right now. So Activision's going to Microsoft and the Halo creators are going to Sony? Like what? It's insane. So that that um kind of spawned me to want to research the recent buyouts and stuff. And so I kind of researched the top 20 buyouts of the last or the top buyouts of the last 20 years. Okay. Definitely and- Lucasfilm has got to be on there somewhere. So, yes, I'm going to go from descending order. So, um, this is for $4.5 billion, Disney buys Lucasfilms in 2012. For $4.24 billion, Disney buys Marvel. For $5.9 billion, Activision Blizzard bought King. $7.4 billion, Disney bought Pixar. $8.1 billion, Microsoft bought ZeniMax Media. Almost 9 million, Amazon bought MGM. 8.6 million, Tencent bought Supercell. 12.7 billion, uh, Take Two bought Zigna, Zynga, whatever that was. 68.7 billion, Microsoft bought Activision Blizzard this year. At 71.3 billion, Disney bought 21st Century Fox. And the top purchase of buying out of the last 20 years. For $85.4 billion, AT&T bought Time Warner. Wow. So in the last 20 years, the buyouts have been crazy. And the the amounts of Disney on there makes a heck of a point. Like, the last 20 years, they have just gathered and gathered. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. To the point where I even said to you years ago, their next major purchase, the government will have to get involved and review it. Because no, since I can't remember when the government got involved and made this whole new rule that monopolies can't exist and stuff like that. But since that became a thing, if something ever is close to becoming a monopoly, our government has to get involved to review. So. I need to see the paperwork on this. So the government get involved in media buying each other, but they can't get involved to do stuff that'll help the entire country 
<laughs> but they have to make sure well, that Microsoft you know, doesn't harm anyone in their purchase. When money's involved, that changes everything. Changes everything. When humans are involved, and we'll get to it later. Eh, they're fodder. They'll be around. That's crazy, man. Microsoft and Sony still going at it in the wars. And now, instead of creating great quality uh, exclusives as your soldiers in the war, now you're just buying things. I think that shows a desperation, if you ask me. Well, you know, I can't say that this whole thing really affects me that much because I, I'm not much of a Call of Duty guy. That's true. Um, you know, so. And plus, we're I typically really... people that try to have both systems anyways. Yeah. So It doesn't matter to me. It really doesn't. Now, when Nintendo tries to step up and create a whole console again and start spying things out, then we'll talk. Then I'll have to have a third system. Um, I've got a switch that I ne- hardly ever play. I'll, I'll borrow it because apparently this uh, this open world Pokemon game is just phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, I hear good things. I hear good things. So I got it because they did the Marvel Ultimate Alliance three, which you didn't like. I didn't care much for it. It was uh, it was okay, Different but it wasn't great, though, wasn't it? It was what, sorry? Was it different creators? Something was different about it. Yeah, it was It was a lot different than the originals. I wanted the old original, like 2006 Marvel Ultimate Alliance style uh, with the big epic story and all that. Uh, it was not the same. Yeah. I was disappointed. But it's good to have any Nintendo thing because all that Mario stuff is always fun to play. The replay value on Mario stuff is just, you know, really high. So Probably higher than any things replay value yeah that, and mario stuff is just good party games like you got a bunch of people around everybody loves mario kart yeah so most people don't like to play with me because i'm uh really good at it and mario kart yeah i tell you what my sister my sister-in-law could wipe the floor with you guaranteed i, I would love to see she, that and try. okay she's unbeatable dude unbeatable unbeatable, unbeatable. Okay. You just wait. Okay. This is going to happen. I... Okay. We'll do it for Patreon. <laughs> um, so another thing I wanted to talk about and get your opinion on, have you heard about the death of the Justice League? I did hear about this. I don't know all the details, but I was looking Bold into it. Move. I wanted to pick up uh, and, and read a little bit of that series. Bold Moon. Uh, the creators behind it, the writers behind it, were interviewed for it, and they said, you know, one of the creators was like, I remember when I was younger reading the death of Superman mm-hmm. and three months later he came back. But in those three months, we didn't have Superman. He was dead. We had the reign of the Superman. We had Superboy and steel and all that stuff. But Superman apparently came back, you know, he's like, the only difference is, is in three months, the justice league isn't coming back. This is the death of the justice league to open up a world for the young heroes we've created new faces. And I was like, dude, that's a bold statement. So they're just putting Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, all those guys flash. They're just putting them to bed. They're just done. It sounds like it. What? Talk to me in a year. And if they're still not back, 
then I'll feel like there'll be more clout. I don't think it'll be like Superman where in three months the Justice League will return. But it sounds like there's some longevity to this. And there is some backlash. I'm sure. From the comic book Nazis that are, these are the characters that you want Nightwing to take over and you want these these younger generation to take over. So what, you want them to stay B players forever? There's more realism in killing these people than there is in them not being dead. I mean, you can probably have them stay dead for a year or so. And when you do bring back the Justice League, it's going to increase your sales. Oh, my God, they're back. But it's not it's not suffering. I mean, the sales of this death of the Justice League, is it's a huge thing. It will also be interesting to see if they kill the entire league. If it's just like these seven to ten main players of the league, dead. It'll be interesting. Uh, I personally don't have as much personal feels about it because they're not dead. <laughs> they're fictional characters. And if you're upset, turn on Justice League, the animated series. You know, go watch Zack Snyder's League. Years of content with all these characters <laughs> like, in any form that you could possibly imagine. That's true. They're not dead because they're not real. Like, I'm a nerd and I'm telling you, I love the Justice League and I love the Avengers and I love comics. But if for the story's sake, you kill these people off, cool. You're telling a solid story. Yes, but the Undertaker's WrestleMania streak also wasn't real. <laughs> and okay. that it was more hurt pretty bad. It was that hurt for me than a comic book. <laughs> it's still was, real to me. It's still it was still real to me, damn it. Um, speaking of books, Tennessee has made the national news, and not for a Once good again. reason. It's rare Home we make school. national news for a good reason. <laughs> Other than Dolly Parton, and, and that's about all the good we got right now. Yeah. So Tennessee made national news when McMinn County, which is just down the road from us here in Morristown, banned the book Mouse. And what Mouse is, is it's from a mouse's perspective. The characters are all mice. And it's a telling of a Holocaust, a true Holocaust story of a real woman. but. It's done with mice. Why it was created, easy to tell you. Easier way to teach kids about the Holocaust. Right. That it was very real. Um, the parents that drove home the argument to ban this book and the county, uh, they cited um, naked mice and suicide. Um, okay, well, first of all, they're mice, so it's not a naked person. And second off, oh, the suicide that really happened. They really killed themselves because of the Holocaust. And when this came out, I just shook my head. Me and Brian were at work opening, and I read it. And I sat my phone down in front of him, and he looked at it. And he just shook his head, and he just went... <laughs> 
we can't do anything good nationally, can we? And I was like, no, no. Every time you see Tennessee in the world news, it's all about doing something completely backwards. <laughs> um, you're a teacher. You uh, have taught uh, both English and theater now. What are your thoughts? Oh, um, sometimes history isn't pretty. Uh, and that doesn't mean that we shy away from it. And, you know, we all know that old adage about those who fail to learn from history are doomed to repeat it. Um, things like this are important for kids to know about, you know, especially when we live in a world where people deny that such things ever even happen, which, you know, to me is repulsive that, that that's even a mentality that, that gets any attention at all. Um, <clears throat> but some parts of history, as ugly as they are, you know, should be put in places like museums or, you know, like this in a children's book, the way it's presented, you know, not glorified, like statues and things like that, you know. Um, and I just think that if I were a young person seeing things like that, the upside is I would be more curious about the thing that I'm being told that I shouldn't see. So I would then find out what's what's the deal about this thing. So I'm hoping that that's the case. And I've seen a lot of instances like bookstores and, and, and comic book stores and stuff. They're saying, you know what, if you want this book, we'll send it to you for free, you know, to sort of protest this decision that was made that was very disappointing and frankly embarrassing to, to our home state. You know, and, you know, we were sort of dogging Tennessee, you know, as we, as we were talking about this issue, you know, but Tennessee is a, is a great, beautiful place. And, Absolutely. you know, we love Tennessee. It's our home. We love it here. But sometimes, you know, we have a population here who, how can, how can we, who honestly it? would feel more comfortable taking three steps back as opposed to one step forward. Sure. Yeah. Um, and that's unfortunate. You know, that's unfortunate. That's a battle that, you know, is going on nationwide every day right now, you know. Yeah. Um, but like I said, hopefully this will fuel the fire for kids. And well, books say, and millions ah. across the country have sold out. Its sales skyrocketed yeah. after the banning of it. And our friend uh, Danny Tower um I shared something on Facebook about books that have been banned. Um, you know, if you hear that a book has been banned, you know, find out why. Read it yourself. Instead of being told why, do the studies and find out why. And she said, I just looked at this. She commented in the post. I just looked at this list of books that have been banned. And she's our age. You're younger than us. Um, she's like, we read some of these in school before they were banned. I was like, yeah. Books that I read in elementary and middle school are now on the ban list because they provoked, and honestly, it comes down to this. They provoked thought outside the realm of where people are comfortable at. Yeah. That's really... Yeah, there's, a, there's a difference in learning about history, you know, warts and all, and glorifying the things that, that shouldn't be glorified. Exactly. Um, yeah. Exactly. But, uh, I don't want to spend too much time on that. Uh, I just wanted to give our listeners our opinion on it and where we stand. Um, if you have a chance to buy this book, buy it. Um, I remember it. 
I remember the book mouse. Um, and I said, you know, before you know it, Ellie Wiesel's night will be banned. Um, Boy in the Strap Pajamas is going to get banned. Um, and all it is is just to control the flow of history. And that shouldn't happen. So that's where we stand. Um, and we're, we're not typically a sports podcast. Uh, we don't talk a lot about it unless it's the balls. Um, but and to say that this this name has not been followed by some slur words in my lifetime (laughs) (laughs) is also an understatement but the respect i have for this man's talent and career is is crazy to say that i i would i would ever think of a day where tom brady wouldn't be a quarterback and allegedly it's here uh brady has retired and but the thing about retirement is Gronk was retired at one point. Jason Witten was re- retired at one point. Brett yeah. Favre was retired. At any time, he could be retired now, and in the next 100-and-something days, the Vegas Raiders could call and say, Derek Carr's out for the season. We need a quarterback one season. Here's $9 million for one year. And he could easily go, okay. I was going to say, do you really believe it? <clears throat> Until he's not on a field – next year i'm not gonna believe it but all i can say is i have cussed that man more times than not watching him beat my teams i have praised that man when he's my fantasy football quarterback uh but i respect the living daylights out of the accomplishments um and some and some some of the really good things he's done for communities around the country uh people in need stuff like that so if it sticks Thank you, Tom Brady, for, you know, enhancing the game of football for a lot of fans. Even if they weren't fans of you, you do belong in the hall of goats when it comes to football players. Yeah, for sure. Um, so one thing I wanted to do, and I text you about it, and you, you liked the idea, is this month, and uh, this month is February, and, you know – throughout the country and and the world it's black history month yeah we always like to celebrate stuff Mm -hmm. like that you know women's history next month we always like to talk about you know great uh women in the nerdverse as you call it you know superheroes or whatever it may be and we got some great plans for that but you know it is black history month and Mm -hmm. we thought it would be pretty on brand to talk about some pretty popular black superheroes Yes. That have come along. Yes. Um, now, us personally, um, we celebrate people of color every day of the year, um, not just in one month, and that's how it should be. Uh, but we thought it'd be cool to each episode this month highlight some of our favorite heroes of color um, sure, sure. from different comic books uh, and stuff like that. He will bring the Marvel choice, and I'll bring the DC choice, and we'll talk a little bit about them. And uh, things like that. So, uh, Juice, how about you give us your Marvel uh, hero of color? All right. So, I decided to go with Luke Cage, a.k.a. Power Man. Um, I learned a little bit about Luke Cage uh, through uh, looking him up because, you know, I've not read Luke Cage comics before. So, I've known him from, of course, all the cartoons and the shows and the video games and stuff like that i know the gist of the character right uh but i did some digging and learned a little bit about him 
Now, Luke Cage uh, debuted in 1972 in his own solo comic, Luke Cage, Hero for Hire. Uh, he was the first ever black hero to have a solo series. And we'd already seen Black Panther and we had seen Falcon at this point, but they didn't have solo series yet. They had premiered like Black Panther was in Fantastic Four, I think, yeah. you know, and um, Sam Wilson was, of course, with Captain America. So this was his first, was the first time a African-American hero had their own solo series. Um, so he has superhuman strength and durability. He has unbreakable skin and accelerated healing. Um, he started out, he was in prison. Uh, he was actually in prison for a crime that he didn't commit. And his birth name was Carl Lucas, which I did not know. I'd never heard that, that part of the story before. So he was in prison and it seemed like he had the respect of all the inmates and all this, but there was this one guard that, you know, they had, they had a lot of conflict. Well, it turns out, uh, Luke is recruited for this cellular regeneration experiment that's based on a variant of the super soldier process. And this guard that he didn't get along with tried to sort of mess up the experiment, which caused Luke to sort of gain his powers. Okay. So he tries to escape the prison and, you know, he's standing, like, I think it's, he was on the edge of a waterfall and he was picking up a brick because he was going to try to fight off these guys. Right. They saw it and they thought it was a gun, right? So they open fire on him and he falls off into the water and all they find is his shirt with all the bullet holes in it. So they assume he's dead, right? But this is when Luke Cage discovers that he has that super durable skin, the unbreakable skin, and that the bullets just pow, 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 bounce right off of him. So he then becomes Luke Cage, a new identity, and he goes to Harlem and becomes hero for hire. And when this character was created, this was right during this era of like Shaft and stuff like that. Yeah. So very, very strong uh, influences from Shaft. Uh, he goes on to marry Jessica Jones. We know another uh, Marvel hero. They have a daughter. Uh, he joins the Thunderbolts, which is like this group of like reformed criminals who become heroes. And then, of course, we know there's the Netflix series, uh, Luke Cage, yes. that I unfortunately have not watched. I did see him in Jessica Jones, so I've seen Mike Coulter play Luke Cage, and I thought he was perfect. He did a great job. I do plan on watching all those Marvel things at some point on Netflix, but that is sort of the gist of Luke Cage. Nice. Great choice. Uh, my introduction to Luke Cage, uh, sadly, was uh, not through comics. It was through cartoons and the Ultimate Alliance games. So, yeah. Um, but Coulter's performance as him like it's kind of like that generational like if he was if Luke Cage came about in live action when we were kids it would have been uh, Michael Clark Duncan would have been the perfect cast for Luke Cage but yeah. Coulter has taken this character and I hope just like Charlie Cox he gets brought into the MCU as well I think all the defenders except for Iron Fist should um because <laughs> Iron Fist was not good um right <laughs> here it wasn't. Um, but my character of choice is my favorite Green Lantern, John Stewart. Um, he is one of the characters, no, one of the many Green Lanterns in the DC universe. Uh, he appears in American comic books published by DC and was the second African-American superhero to appear in DC comics. Character was created by Dennis O'Neill and Neil Adams and first appeared in Green Lantern Volume 2 
number 87, in December of 1971. Stewart's original design was based on an actor we recently lost, Sidney Poitier, was who his likeness was created after. Now, if you know anything about the Green Lantern Corps, they all get their power from the green rings of light. Um, he has been a part of the Justice League, the Green Lantern Corps, Guardians of the Universe, the Darksters, and the U.S. Marine Corps before he be- was chosen by the ring. He has gone by the Master Builder, John Stewart, and also Darkster, Darkstar. Um, his use of the power ring grants flight, force field, generation of hard light constructs like a bulldozer, a glove for to catch somebody if they can't fly, like Batman or somebody. Uh, real-time translation of all languages. So if you're wearing this ring of power, you you understand all languages in real time. That's an ability I wish I had. Okay. That's a cool one. Um, so he is voiced by, in the animated series, by Phil Lamar. And Phil Lamar is a phenomenal voice actor who everyone knows by voice more than his name. Uh, Phil Lamar got a start on Mad TV. And then he I remember him on Mad TV. Static Shock. John Stewart. He did some Martian Manhunter here and there. He is a legend in the voice acting business. And a lot um, of family guy. Exactly. He actually, uh, a lot of people don't know this unless you have read John Stewart comics or seen the animated series, is he has been in two really public, really big relationships with other Justice League members. One is Vixen and the other is Hawk Girl. They even have a kid who is in the Batman Beyond timeline, part of the Justice League. Oh. Yeah. So that is my selection. John Stewart, my favorite Green Lantern. Nice. We'll uh, we'll, we'll share some images of, of the yes. heroes we talk about each yes. week uh, or, or something like that uh, and, and put that out there. Absolutely. So then next week, we'll look for our next two choices from marvel in dc and let us know uh email us social media uh all that stuff uh who are some of your favorite heroes of color throughout the nerdiverse uh we'd love to hear from you um so one topic that i know you've been dying to talk about since it happened in the off season was the royal rumble um i know you got a lot of thoughts about it uh i did not get to watch it i was on a weekend away with maddie and i know logan was mostly at work so, but I did keep up with it. I was on Instagram following the story and I probably told you don't bother, didn't I? Yes, you did. You said don't even rewatch it. Uh, so please, juice, real rumble. Ooh. Oof. I, I think it's been widely accepted that it's one of the worst rumbles in recent history. And it's disappointing because the rumble is most a lot of people's favorite wrestling event of the year. It is for me. I mean, even more so than WrestleMania. We all love the surprises and the countdowns and, and who's going to win and who's going to be the final four. And you know, what's big surprises are we going to get? Because wrestling fans love surprises, right? That's why over at AEW, Tony Khan is overdoing the surprises because he's, you know, he's one of us. He grew up in that era of, yeah, big surprises, those big yeah. memorable moments, right? You know, and so so much so to the point where he's overdoing it with the surprises. Okay, and here we've got the WWE on the opposite end, 
giving us no surprises, right? I mean, the most predictable stuff you can imagine. The Women's Rumble, we had a few legends show up, a few exciting things. Mickey James showing up. I, I was telling Becky, I don't think that there's ever been a time that a wrestler from another promotion has shown up wearing the belt, you know, from the other promotion that they're in her showing up wearing that impact belt um at least with that being the plan you know like intentional so that was kind of big uh but in the men's rumble literally no surprises a complete snooze fest i mean it was like they weren't even trying and you know i don't want to sound like a broken record okay we know how i feel about wrestling i can be very picky with my wrestling with star wars and marvel and stuff like that i'm not that picky you give me star wars i think it's good star wars you give me marvel i'm happy you know that that's me i'm, I'm easy on that with wrestling not as much right um i'm a little more of like i want it to be believable i don't want you to insult our intelligence i want you to entertain us i want you to surprise us and we're just not getting that today with the wwe but why do we stick around? Because WWE is like the Coca-Cola. It's like the Kleenex. You know, you don't say, I need a tissue. I need a Kleenex. I, 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 here in the South, at least, I don't need a soda. I need a Coke. They are that name brand that you associate. They're synonymous with that thing, right? So we stick around because, I don't know. We're gluttons for or something big will happen that'll we're hoping. refuel us for the next six months. Because that's but, the thing about the Royal Rumble is who wins the Rumble, you know their story is going to be at least six to eight months more in length. Like, you know right. that you're about to see stories unfold with them for the next six to eight months, at least. And, you know, man, like, I, I feel like I'm in the majority on this, okay? But I, and maybe it's just because I'm so type A and it's like, why does nobody else see this thing that I see that is so blaringly obvious? Because everybody's saying, oh, it was awesome. It was so cool. But Bad Bunny, Bad Bunny again. Okay. Is it cool for Bad Bunny to show up? Yeah. Even though I don't, you know, know much about him. Apparently he's like this number one greatest star in the world right now. Okay. Great. Cool. I understand. It's great ideas to bring people like that into the show. But when the guy that's half the size of the dudes in the ring shows up and gets all this offense and is just destroying everybody and he weighs 90 pounds and has been in a wrestling ring ring twice we're just all okay with that you know like, why don't you and i just enter the rumble tyler you know together we can throw uh oh, a few kane. people over. we we can take kane out you know he's, yeah. he's our mayor here here in town yeah. he'll play along yeah you know I, it just drives me crazy and it's every time we have people from outside the industry show up we make them look so good and 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 they, you know, come out on top and they get all these eliminations or they win matches or they do whatever. Meanwhile, the guys who are there every single day, what's how does that? So at the end of the day, you're looking at it as you understand the business aspect of bringing Bad Bunny in for a pop will bring his audience's eyes to Royal Rumble. Yes. But the disrespect to the people who are there every day of having him eliminate two and three people that are there every day. Yeah. And, and, and you, and yeah. you said, Oh, would you do it? And, and if you were in his shoes, would you do it? Absolutely. Yes, of course. I don't deny that, but I wouldn't expect to show up and like 
win like oh i got one cool move or two cool moves and it was like really surprising and and exciting you know but should i be a full-blown wrestler i think to do it every day no i think the thing the way i look at it is i would absolutely do it in a heartbeat because apparently bad bunny you know like us he did backyard wrestling he he made titles and what we did what we still do from time to time um but if they were to look at me and say, we're going to let you carry that 24-7 title for a few months, I'd even be like, come on, me? Yeah. No, 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 no. Put it on our truth Put it on someone who's making millions a year. Put, don't. That would just be ridiculous for me to come in and you to put the 24-7 title on me. And to actually have me in your show for the next month or so, that would be insane. And, and look, does he look cool doing the stuff that he's doing? Yeah. yeah, he does. He looks, it's awesome. It's cool. I get it. But it's like all this offense, just like at WrestleMania, he was just like holding his own, beating guys up. I don't, I don't like it. I don't buy yeah, it. Not just you guys know? up. Miz and Morrison, who are veterans of the squared circle and train every day. And look, and if it were to be anybody, if it had to be anybody at the time for what their characters were, especially Miz, because he's always sort of that guy. Yeah. Then that, yeah, that makes sense. They were the right choices for it. But still yet, come on. I mean, that's what I'm saying about insulting my intelligence. We're, we know it's not real. Okay. We understand that. But that doesn't mean that we want you to stop and look at us and wink and say, hey, guys, just remember, this is for fun. This isn't real. You know, like we don't need that. We don't need Darth Vader to stop and take his helmet off and say, hey, look, I'm just a guy under here. I'm not really Darth Vader. We don't need that. Right. I want to get lost in this in this pretend contest. I want to get lost in this world. Right. For me, that's that I can't I can't do that. Yeah, I just. I don't like it. And I'm in the minority and I, I'm sorry. Maybe it just, this sounds, this sounds douchey to say, but I don't understand how people don't see it that way. So like, you know how we joke about you're in the minority about game of Thrones. I don't, I've accepted that as big as a minority about that as you think you are. I think people are like, I think more people than we think are like, this is the dumbest crap ever. Yeah. But we don't, see them as much on social media saying this is the dumbest crap we get the generation that are on social media saying oh my god bad bunny eliminated somebody that's awesome i can't wait i'm also gonna buy this next album maybe if it had been one and maybe possibly even two like a holy crap you know like hey bad bunny eliminated our truth yeah i could okay that'd be cool i can see it I don't even remember who eliminated, but I'm pretty sure it was people that, you know, you don't see on TV every day. Yeah. You know, so whatever. I'm just, I'm picky about my wrestling and I'm just disappointed in it for so long now. And I'm just exhausted (laughs) with hoping that it's going to get better when it's just not, it's just not man, you know, and I know we have, I can't even keep count of how many times over the last several years that either me or you or our friend Logan has said, this just isn't for us anymore. This just isn't the same. It's not going to ever be the same as it was, yeah. you know, and we know it, but we just uh, keep hanging on for yeah. those little moments, you know, 
and it's not all bad. There's things worth watching right now, like Roman Reigns. I'm interested in anything Roman Reigns is doing. Yeah. Rollins. I'm interested in Bobby Lashley. I'm interested in Rollins. I'm interested in Becky Lynch and Charlotte. Um, and there's a lot of things at AEW that you know I'm not really watching, but I'm kind of keeping track of and I'm yeah. hearing about. That. I'm interested in a lot of that stuff. So we got some good things happening here and there. But overall, man, it's just so disappointing and exhausting yeah. to be a wrestling fan. I and I, I got to say, can you take a screenshot of the screen right now? And then I'll tell you why. Can I take a screenshot? Can you take a screenshot of, of, of us right now? And holding up that little thing that you had in your hand. Because we're talking about wrestling right now. Okay. And you have serious Sergeant Slaughter vibes right now. He's, you can't see, but he's wearing this hat that I've never seen him wear ever before in 13 or 14. I just got it. It's a style. And never seen him wear a hat like this. (laughs) He's got his glasses. If they were sunglasses, it'd make it even better. He's got like a cargo vest on, and he's holding this butt scratcher thing. Did I give you that butt scratcher? You did. You that did. for me? Yes. And he looks like Sergeant Slaughter circa Ten 1990. Hut. Ten hut. <laughs> we got to throw this on the socials. Everybody check this out. I'm not wrong. I'm not okay. wrong. No, no. Everybody will agree with this. I see it now. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, this is Ken M. Padawan J. Coach Duffy. From the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour podcast. Every week, the ODPH is talking sports, movies, TV, comics, and more. It's always a parlay of topics on each episode. You can find the ODPH on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, and wherever you find great podcasts, such as the one you're listening to right now. Don't forget to check out OchoDuroParlayHour.com, where you can find the links to all of the ODPH social media accounts, Links to the bands whose music you hear each week on the show, hashtag 607 podcast info, and parlay points are a companion block section of the show. Thanks for listening to the ODPH. Now get back to your regularly scheduled podcast. So aside from Rumble, uh, let's talk about some of the good things that have happened in the past, uh, in the off season. Um, we had a Harry Potter reunion. Huh. Yeah, we did. Oh, so beautiful. Right in the heart. Right in the heart. What do you think, man? I mean, me and mom and dad and Nolan all watched it together, and there were there were quite a multitude of moments where all of us were teary eyed, whether it was reminiscing about how young they were, and because you and you you were you were the same as as we were. We were at uh, what you was at the time Bookland, which is now a uh, shoe place in college square mall um we were at bookland at midnight every release of the book we delayed leaving for the beach one year for the final books drop like we were just at the mall waiting and we're like we're supposed to be on our way to the beach uh not till we get this book because we're going to be reading it on the way and on vacation and we alternated um you know if when no one finished chapter it was mom's turn when she'd finished the chapter one it was my turn to start it and that's what we did that whole vacation. And that's what we did every time a book dropped is we were there at the release the same way we are these days for midnight showing of Marvel movies. So, well, not anymore that we've gotten older <laughs> and hate the crew that are at midnight showings now. They oh, yeah. Much and they're up and down and they're loud and obnoxious. But so that was our thing. And when the movies came out, 
we were at the midnight showing of those. And so this was our, we literally grew up with this franchise. I mean, I remember like we talked about when we were celebrating Harry Potter's 20th of the Sorcerer's Stone movie, you know, I was there midnight when this movie, when these movies came out, I was in like fifth or sixth grade when the first sixth grade, when the first trailer dropped, um, going into sixth grade. And I remember thinking, Oh my God, you know, like this world is about to be put in front of me and it's going to be so real. And it is, it's so real. And we grew up with these characters. Um, they're like our ages now and some of them and it's it's insane and so we're all watching it and we're watching different moments and like dad tears up at a moment mom tears up i tear up at different moments than nolan but nolan's like oh my god you know he'll he does this thing where he's like my throat hurts <clears throat> when he starts to get a little he'll go, <laughs> my throat hurts <laughs> he doesn't just like sit there and sob like i do he goes oh god my throat hurts <laughs> and he starts waving um especially the in memoriam man oh yeah um, alan rickman stuff man heartbreaking yeah heartbreak and then talking about richard harris and and i loved how daniel and them when it was the three of them talking they were like we were turned into stars because of this what they don't realize is that like 11 years old 12 years old we were working with stars ourselves like when i first realized who richard harris was who Maggie was who Alan Rickman was like when I first realized like oh my god what these people have done in their careers already and I'm getting to act with them I was like that's how I'd be I'd be like wait 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 you're Alan Rickman holy crap yeah like it was beautifully done and it was it was well done to for the fans just the way the whole thing was put together finding their invitations you know stuff like that just like they would in the books or in the movies the the dancing going on the different moments with different characters whether it was oldman and helena um helena and daniel having their moment talking about how you know if i was 10 years older you know i might have a shot at dating you <laughs> stuff like it was so good helen bottom carter is a fox i will say that absolutely absolutely yeah I, well i i can't uh can't say that I didn't walk away with a little, you know, bit of a bad taste in my mouth about Tom Felton because Emma Watson happened to be one of my first loves. And to know that she had this huge crush on Tom Felton just run all over me. <laughs> because if I'd known that at the time, if, if, if when that was happening, I would have been heartbroken. Legit, I would have been like, oh, devastated. No, uh, not Drake. Because I was so madly in love with, with Emma Watson. Um, no, it was it was really great. If you haven't seen it, you should definitely check it out. Um, and sounds kind of bad to say, but kind of made me sad to see Robbie Coltrane, Haggard. You know, I think he's, he's uh, not looking. I think he's not looking so good. It's not yeah, looking really sad. But hearing um, him say, you know, in twenty five years, fifty years, when these are being shown to, you know, the kids who watch this to their kids, to their grandkids. Uh, I won't be here, but Haggard will. Haggard will be. Oh, the sure. immortalization and that realization of seeing him like, you know, I was a part of something that's immortalizing. And Iconic. 
iconic. I mean, all of those people will live forever. You know, I was shocked at the people who weren't there. Um, I know Maggie's got health issues and she's, you know, constantly doing things. So she was probably busy. Um, Michael, I think it was a COVID thing. If I remember reading correctly, Gammon. Michael Gammon was like, ah, I don't want to take the, the chance, you know. Yeah. Um, but it was really cool to see, uh, like, uh, Luna all grown up and the yeah. twins. And I was wondering where Mrs. Weasley was. Uh, the twins, uh, they have a podcast now. Do they? Oliver and what's the other one's name? I can't remember. Phelps, their last name. <laughs> um, but anyway, Fred and George, they they have a podcast. And uh, 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 Dom and Billy were talking about it on the Friendship Onion. They're going to be on there. So The crossing of the streams. Yeah. Fred and George, Mary and Pippin. Oh, my God. Yeah. The scene so we all watch. <laughs> be on the lookout for that one. Oh, I will. I will. Um, anything else that stuck out to you about the reunion? No, I just liked that they actually went through the timeline. Like they focused a little bit on each movie and the making of it and how those kids grew through that process and, you know, the different visions with the different incoming directors, you know, and all that and how each one was, you know, sort of had a life of its own. Yeah. Um, I, I, I really enjoyed it. I love all that behind the scenes stuff and, you know, I hadn't really looked into a lot of behind the scenes stuff with Harry Potter. Not that much. Um, I think I it came with, I didn't want to know. I didn't want the magic run. Well, I guess I just never really looked for it. And I didn't know what all was on the DVDs. I'm sure I'd seen some of it. Uh, but, you know, when I was a younger kid, I wasn't as interested in that stuff as I am now. So I don't know how much of it I had seen before uh, and not. But seeing behind the scenes stuff is just always fun for me. So there's a lot of that. I really enjoyed it. I wish they would do more things like that for yeah. Lord of the Rings and, and stuff. Of course, yeah. they have like hours and hours of documentaries on the DVDs you can get. But I'd love to see like a reunion for, you know, the original trilogy, like talking about. Yeah, I was a little shocked that Lord of the Rings didn't do one. And they should. Same style, like them just coming yeah. together. Maybe even like the, the Friends one that they did where they had them all sitting there and they had a live audience and they did interviews and stuff. Yeah. I don't know, maybe something like that. That'd be awesome. But these uh, so, reunion things have been very successful. I mean, Friends, Fresh Prince, Harry Potter. I don't know. I would look for more of those to start popping up, especially since like HBO Max owns Lord of the Rings. Like that's a, yeah. a Warner Brothers thing. Like hint, hint. HBO. Actually, they've done all of those. Friends, Fresh Prince, now Harry yeah. Potter. Those are all HBO Max things. So like, yeah, three very successful. Reunions. I'd hop on that in a heartbeat and be like, who's got a 15 year anniversary coming up? Let's put them together. <laughs> like, these are working really well. <laughs> yeah. Nostalgia. And then, like, Disney Plus should do one for the Avengers coming up for the yeah. 10 year, or maybe the 20 year one day or something like that. Absolutely. Endless possibilities. Speaking of HBO Max, we got uh, Peacemaker came out and uh, we are. You really want to do you about uh are we near the finale next episode two episodes seven or eight we just i shall i shall look into this so while you're looking into it uh i'll say that i wasn't in a rush to jump into peacemaker um 
didn't read a lot of the comics. Uh, not a fan of the death of Rick Flagg and the Suicide Squad, although I loved everything John did as Peacemaker. Very funny. It's like mm-hmm. he sees Deadpool for raunchiness and, you know, pop culture references and stuff like that. And it's great and it's funny and it's different. And it's James Gunn. And I think I even told you all in the text, the only reason I'm watching it right now or starting it is for the DC and the James Gunn of it. And I like it. Um, I mean, I'm not, you know, going to go buy a bunch of Peacemaker cosplay as him. Yeah. But it's definitely opened my eyes to, you know, more than my core. Yeah fandoms of you know the justice league the joker lex luther it's opening my my world to some some other things and it's funny stuff the cast is strong it's a great cast yeah very much so uh, I, I think what they've done with vigilante is fantastic he's probably my favorite part of it uh this is just further proof that james gunn can do anything and he should do all the things and they will all be good uh, the opening credits is one of the most genius things uh, that I've seen lately. That was so smart. The, the, so it why? reflects the, the tone of the show. Like they're doing this hokey, ridiculous dance, you know, but they have these serious faces the whole time. And that totally reflects the tone of the show. You know, it's a very, very serious subject matter. Uh, raunchy, uh, gory at times, but very lighthearted and fun and wild and crazy, right? So, so, so smart to do it that way. Doesn't take itself too serious, but it's a serious thing. Yeah. Because it's one thing I was like, I wonder why they did it this way. Because yeah. I didn't yeah. watch it when it debuted. I didn't watch it two weeks after it debuted. I binged it two days ago. Yeah. And some yesterday. And look, thinking back, you've... You've uh, watched many a wrestling match with me years ago when John Cena was number one. Nothing frustrated me more, made me more ill than a John Cena win. Okay, he's going to do the same moves. He's going to say the same things. He's going to win no matter what. It drove me crazy. I hated John Cena. I was the most vocal at a live event when John Cena came out, booing him as loud as I possibly could. I... I love John Cena. I am such a fan of him right now uh, in this show. Could he stay away from wrestling forever and I won't miss him? Yeah, probably. That'd be okay. Um, but I certainly appreciate him a lot more now. Um, and I think he's just great. I, I love him. Uh, for the record, I think John Cena, the wrestling character, is lame and stupid. Uh, but John Cena in real life, he's a great guy. Love him. And I love the show. Yeah, I like it. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what other spinoffs may happen. Uh, Apparently, think- James Gunn's already got something worked out with HBO. They're going to do something else already. Sweet. Um, don't have any real speculation on what it is. You know, people are thinking maybe something with Harley. Maybe it could be, the you know, the sirens. like We were talking about off air a little while ago. So we'll see. Wait, I'm down for it. And I'm, I'll tell you what I'm there I'm for whatever for. James Gunn does. I'm down for the book of Boba Fett. Oh, I'm very down with the book of Boba Fett. I'm glad that you mentioned that. (laughs) Because I'm sure that you're about to lay into the fandom menace. I mean, what do these people want, man? What do these people want? 
I really can't even be that that hard because I can't lie and say that there haven't been moments where I've felt like yeah, Boba Fett's really kind of taking it easy on people. This is not the same Boba Fett that you you imagine him to be. You see him in the original trilogy. Um, you know, Darth Vader telling him no disintegrations, don't disintegrate people. He's meant to be this ruthless, vicious killer, right? And he's like, you know, trying to make peace with people in the show and and have alliances and whatnot. Uh, so yeah, I've had the thoughts of like, hmm, interesting. This is a little different. This is a little different. But oh man, people are so butthurt about it, so offended. Just it's oh, it's the worst thing ever. It's terrible. It's terrible. It's not terrible, guys. Think about the great things that we've seen. We saw him take his ship to the Sarlacc and literally drop bombs in the Sarlacc and blow it to smithereens. We saw him the sound effect seismic charges, right? Seismic charge that plays back to we saw him rip through the Sarlacc with his bare hands and light it on fire with the little torch on his wrist and blast his way out. We saw him even after the fact, after he survived that, Climb back down there to look for his armor. Went back yeah, down there. We saw him befriend Tuscan Raiders. We saw yes. Okay, so that's the thing. Characters change. Characters evolve. And he even said himself, "You don't go far without a tribe, right?" So that's the purpose of all this. It's okay, guys. Follow along with the story. Let it happen. It's gonna be okay. It's still really cool. We've had so many great things happen. We've had uh, I can't even pronounce his name with the big Wookie. So cool, right? We've yes. had all this stuff with spoilers, by the way. If if anybody's listening hasn't seen it, okay. Spoilers three, two, one. We've had the return of Baby Yoda, we've had the return of the Mandalorian and the Darksaber, and we've had the return of Luke Skywalker and Ahsoka. Ahsoka. <laughs> Come on, man. It's like they've got they've laying out all this great stuff on a silver platter, and the fanboys are meh. Well, like, yeah. I think it I think it was Rev who said this to me when we were playing uh, Back for Blood the other night. Um, we literally spent the better part of our lives after seeing all the Star Wars we've seen saying Boba's still alive. Come on. Yeah. Everyone knows Boba's alive. Yeah. Let's give him some. Give us something. Give us a Boba movie. Give us something. Give us comic books. Give, Boba's still alive. Obviously. They finally give us freaking Boba Fett. Alive in his own show with Tamora Morrison playing him. And that's still not good enough for you. Bro, bro, bro. Cad Bane. Cad Bane. When he came, when when I first I thought, um, when you just see the in the distance, when he got a little closer and I saw the hat, I was like, oh my God, they didn't. And when he got closer, I went. Oh my God! They did. <laughs> Be honest. Is that the inspiration for your hat? That's not Cad Bane. Cad Bane the inspiration. It. I bought it because I've always wanted these type of hats. Because one of my favorite—I don't like a lot of modern country, but one of my favorite country singers of today, Drake White, he wears them. These kind of hats, and I think I pull it off. I think you pull it off. It's, it's going to take some getting used to. It's going to take some getting used to. Plus, when the beard's back and the hair's a little longer, it'll look even better. Right now, you just make me think of like Dudley Do Right or Sergeant Slaughter. <laughs> Dudley Do. <laughs> <laughs> I was going. I was. I was going with the Ranger from Yogi Bear, but whatever. <laughs> um, but like 
Cad Bane. We've got Ahsoka. Cad Bane voiced acting oh, and right. now live action, same guy. We're going to get Thrawn soon in Ahsoka. We've got Ahsoka back. We've got training with Grogu and Luke. The, the CG looks a little better than it did in Mandalorian. Just a little yeah. bit. Still think it's time for Stan to play him or uh, Sebastian. Yeah. Um, and Hamill's even down for that. Um, but if you can have Mark Hamill and you can do it this way, Mark Hamill is with Skywalker. Yeah, yeah I, I know. We but I would totally be down with that. Again. We saw Grogu hopping around like Yoda in his training. Yep. We saw him finally destroy that stupid training ball that's been around since the beginning. We have seen Boba amassing his family and his army. We saw we the saw return. A baby Rancor. A baby Rancor, which Ooh, I I'm, want with Machete, I'm, freaking uh, Danny Trejo. You, those two, the Hut twins, that Rancor is going to eat those Huts. Yes. I'm calling that right now. I like this yeah. idea. We also got uh, the return of the pit droids and the girl, and she brings a Naboo thing and a race of star a, a cruiser from Naboo and turns it into his new ship. And there's a little spot back there for baby Yoda to sit. It's going to be so great. It's, it's going to be great. And plus, and another thing, and, and I got a shout out to our friend Tucson. He hit it dead on the freaking nose in his review. He said, this is what IGN says about the book of Boba Fett, these last two episodes. Now let me tell you how I feel. If you've read a book, a book, first of all, the main character's not in every page. Yeah. Like, read the Lord of the Rings. Frodo's not in every page of the book. Right, it's literally the book of Boba Fett, and it's building stories and building this world. We are literally getting everything we wanted in sequels at the time the sequels actually take place. Yeah, And you're going to complain, and it takes time. We are building a whole new world. Filoni and Favre, take my money. You have my trust. You have my heart. I'm here for it. Only thing and this is I'm coming from the guy who has done nothing but shit talk to the sequels. And now they're giving me everything I want in Disney Plus shows. I want to see the girl from the Bad Batch. Is her name Omega? Omega. I want to see her show up now. We'll get more crossovers. Live Omega action. will show up. You know what but else tomorrow wants season two to be? Tamora in an interview said when they said about season two, he says, I think oh, Mace Windu. Hunting down Mace Windu. I was yep. like, dude, you can't say that, dude. You can't just drop something like you think Sam Jackson's gonna turn it down? No, no even Sam Come has on. said, Of course he's alive. I'm a Jedi. I'm Make it happen. Jedi. Make it happen. Make it happen, Disney. Dude, I I'm loving the book of Boba Fett. Yeah. I'm loving the nostalgia. It's hitting all the right notes. I'm loving the new stuff. Like even, you know, Vanth, the little bit we saw him can't be dead. That shot didn't kill him. No, no, no. The deputy's definitely dead, but the sheriff's not. That's uh, why he got multiple shots. That was yes. for sure. Yes. That was Cad saying, that's a warning. Yeah. You were a little more respectful than your deputy over here. That's why he's dead. And you just got a winged. I mean, Cad Bane, we're going to get Thrawn. Lord knows the other crossovers that are come up, going to come over. We might get some Inquisitors. We never know. I mean, this is what 
the continuing of the world of Star Wars should have been years ago, but we're finally getting it. I think we're getting one more episode of Book of Boba Fett, and that's it. And we know we'll get a season two. I'm hoping. And we got Mandalorian season three coming out. Kenobi. Kenobi. Is the thing I'm looking forward to the most, Star Wars-wise. I actually have done quite a bit of playing and watching in the offseason. Back for Blood came out. Uh, You played a little bit of it with us. Yeah. Me and Rev. I enjoy it. It's a a lot more difficult than Left 4 Dead is. It's the unofficial Left 4 Dead 3. Call it what it is. I mean, that's what it is. Little differences. Um little more creativity to it uh, i like it i've also been replaying witcher 3 um because after watching season two of the witcher which we will get into more detail in a few weeks we are going to catch back up with beth crowley and talk the witcher uh don't want to talk too much without her here but i enjoyed season two um i haven't finished it yet i got mom caught up on it too she loves it she loves it. I got like two more to go. So it's good. Yeah. I, yeah. You playing anything? <laughs> new? Not really, man. I, I just don't have much time for video games anymore. Uh, but I did. I got the um, the game pass on Xbox because uh-huh. I was playing the uh, game with you guys. I just don't. I'm not into the game stuff anymore. But there's all kinds of cool stuff on the game pass. And I check, you can like play stuff like stream games and download mm-hmm. games and play stuff, rent them or whatever. There's a Star Wars game where you're like, it's called Squadron. And yeah. so like you alternate between Empire and the Rebels and stuff. So I've been playing some of that. That's really fun. But there's this old game on the Nintendo 64 that I loved as a kid called Banjo-Kazooie. Oh, and it's on the Game Pass. And it's on the Game Pass. And I downloaded it. I played through the whole thing, beat it beat every level up. got all of the jigsaw puzzle pieces like all, all the Jinjos. i did everything love it and banjo tui is on there which uh-huh. i had never played before yeah all that uh-huh. never got old oh, so i had a blast but with banjo kazooie and uh what of banjo tui that i've played yeah. Didn't finish it yet, but that's about it as far as I'm the glad, the man. Dude, like you always say, nostalgia sells. Oh, and yeah. That game still holds up. Speaking I of, I downloaded the first Max Payne. Wow. I was like, the first one, the music, it's shitty graphics, but God, it's so good still. The noir yeah. feel, the winter storm. I love it. Uh, there's so much good stuff on there absolutely it's fantastic stuff if you have an xbox highly suggest it's worth the monthly payment get the game pass because you'll never think i don't have anything to play check the game pass dude there's so much content on that that i'm like i've never played that new stuff retro stuff everything for all kinds of players there are people who love the overhead games there are people who love first person shooters they're People like their kids. Yeah. Great the, stuff. Uh, Paw Patrol games were on there. So 
We also uh, checked out Paw Patrol. Uh-oh. Getting Emma started early. Emma and I, yes, we did. It was more of like, okay, Daddy, you play and I'll watch. I'll supervise. But, uh, yeah, we're working on it. Her little hands aren't quite big enough to, to work the controller. She hasn't quite figured it out. But we're, we're getting there. I wish they made little children-sized controllers, like little My First Controller or something. That'd be, that, that, that's a thing they should do. Yes. That's a moneymaker for sure. Dude, that is a moneymaker. Hey, so just speaking of like general things that we watched and played and stuff, Cobra Kai dropped uh, right around New Year's or so, right? Mm -hmm. And Cobra Kai, it's hard for me to binge watch stuff. You know, it's hard for me to even watch a full movie. I have to do things in like, you know, two or three settings because I'm just so ADHD and so busy and, and it's hard for me to focus. Man, Cobra Kai, I burned that stuff down every single uh, episode. I think I watched in like three days. Um, and when I first started watching the show, I think three, the first three were up. And I, I mean, I burned them down in like two weeks. I just loved that show. And I was never much of a karate kid guy. But there's something about that show that I just love. Um, and I guess they're going to have at least one more season. Yeah. So that'll be like what a year or so away. But Cobra Kai, and you don't have to be, like I said, you don't have to be a Karate Kid fan. Really, realistically, you don't even have to have ever seen the movie. Like I've seen the first Karate Kid movie, of course. I've never once seen Karate Kid two or three. Really? But you don't, no, I've never seen them. The I probably will. Swank in it. I haven't seen that either. I haven't seen the one with Jaden Smith. Not any, just I the first one. That was a reboot. But you know what? You don't have to have seen them to like no, this. Yeah, it's it's that good. So, highly recommend Cobra Kai. Yeah. So, you seen the new season? No, not the new season. Not yet. It's good stuff. Check it out. I have to add it to the list. We're still so behind on things. I hear you. So the content, man, it's out there, and we've we've talked a lot of content. We're going to take a brief intermission. A quick step away, then we're going to come back with some things when 30 and 30 Podcast returns. It's a new year, and that means a new season of great shows at Encore Theatrical Company. They're kicking off their sweet 16th season in a big way with End of the Rainbow by Peter Quilter, which is a musical drama that focuses on Judy Garland and the months leading up to her death in 1969. This production will run February 18th to the 27th at Encore's new home at Oak Tree Plaza, 1570 Buffalo Trail, right here in Morristown, Tennessee. For tickets to this show or information about season tickets for the entire year, go to etcplays.org or call 423-813-8331. Encore Theatrical Company believes in the power of the arts. And if you come check out what Encore has to offer, we're certain you will too. Because it's not just theater, it's Encore. Tennessee Legend Distillery was founded in 2015 and has quickly become one of the top distilleries for natural extracts and ingredients in its spirits. With no high fructose corn syrup, artificial sweetness, or harmful ingredients, Tennessee Legend Distillery has four locations in the state of Tennessee. Without Newport, Sevierville, Cookville, and Nashville distilleries. You see, at Tennessee Legend Distillery, we have spent more time focused on the quality of our spirits 
than the number of our stores. We have a great selection of non-flavored spirits as well, like vodka, bourbon, whiskey, and gin. Tennessee Legend Distillery has multiple awards and medals for state, national, and international spirit contests, and even carries 2019's Best Tasting Whiskey in the state of Tennessee with our Salted Caramel 60 Proof Whiskey. We offer discounts for veterans, active military, nurses, police officers, firefighters, first responders, and even multiple bottle discounts. Don't live in Tennessee? We ship to select states. Go to GACraftSpirits.com to see if we deliver to you. That's G-A-C-R-A-F-T-S-P-I-R-I-T-S dot com. If you stop by the Sevierville location, tell them 30 and Nerdy Podcast sent you and be a legend with Tennessee Legend Distillery by receiving a free shot glass and 15% off of your order. What are you waiting for? Cheers to you. Welcome back, nerds and nerdettes, to the 30 Nerdy Podcast. We're celebrating season four premieres, the fantastic fourth season. It's here. We have talked a lot had to take a breather. I have not talked this much in our off season, in our month away. I can feel it in my in my my throat. It's getting a little sore. I haven't talked this much in one sitting in over a month. So I'm like, dang, Tyler. <laughs> yeah. All right. So um, the nerdcabulary word is something I created. Um, and typically we do this earlier on in the recording, but uh, this is going to follow up with a bit of a game and then followed by a riddle or a little mini game that that you actually see the other one you have not seen and it is based off the word rando nerdica i have been waiting to use this word for a little while because in the early stages of the pandemic and mid pandemic i got hooked on this youtube channel of this guy have you ever heard of rando nautica it is an app. Now, let me tell you, let me ask you this, and you tell me if you would not just let yourself feel comfortable downloading this app and playing this game, but your f- friends and family. So this is an app that was created in the pandemic to where it will generate random uh, longitude and latitudes, random things that you go explore. So like, and there'll be like intentions. So it'll be like a, New York State or Buffalo, these latitude and longitude, and the intention is cold case. Would you go? Just you? No, I, I've heard about this. Insane. Yeah. The places that this guy and his buddy go and the shit that they get caught up in, and like they've even like had to turn over their stuff to the police to help with cold cases, things they found that the cops didn't. They've been chased. They've been shot at. I'm like, and you're still playing a year later? Why? Like, I get the thrill of the chase. Like, I've jumped out of a plane and skydived, and I love roller coasters. That's a thrill. But this, never in a million years would I go, Ooh, 35 North by 62 South. Oh, it's this abandoned (laughs) building in South Dakota. Let's go look at it, Josh, and make sure that nobody's living there. 
or it's haunted or a murder might have taken place. Oh, cool. Look at this satanic ritual that we walked up on. Film them. Zoom in. Zoom in. No, get the hell out of there. Like, oh, my God. So I created Rando Nerdica. Rando Nerdica is the game created by Tyler McDaniel for the 30 and Nerdy podcast. And it will be random gen, random times. We won't play every episode. I want to play a little a little three-minute segment with you here. There will be a three minutes on the timer. I have got pulled up a random hero generator. Oh, geez. On my phone. I will hit generate, and that will be yours. I will hit generate, and that will be mine. Random, completely random, and we have to, you know, like, also kind of plays on the idea that Sal from Impractical Jokers, he has a podcast with his best friend where they defend food. So, like, appetizers versus desserts. One picks a platform, and they just spend the entire time why desserts are better, why appetizers are better, the goods, the bad, stuff like that. So, it will also give us an opportunity to maybe learn some new things. Always good. Always good. And it's random, and it's improv, so you're going to stretch your improv legs. Great. A little bit. Always say yes. So, are you ready for yours? What if I don't know the, the hero? What if, if I don't know anything about him? If you don't, I'll, I'll, it pulls up an alternate. Okay. Ready? Sure. So yours. So you have Shazam. Okay. I have Rogue. All right. Interesting okay. that we, that yeah. I have a DC and you have Marvel. That's okay. I'm down with it. Am I allowed to? Am I allowed to? Is it cheating if I pull up Shazam no. on? Okay. No. So I've got the stopwatch. We've got the timer. It's set for three minutes, and we'll we'll just start going back and forth. Uh, you know, I'll be like, no, listen, now Shazam, blah, 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 rogue, blah, blah, you know, blah blah blah. And when it runs out, it runs out. And if the listeners feel led to send in who they think won. So it's basically taking season one's idea of nerd court and turning it into a little mini game of randomized things. Okay. okay. Are you ready? Mm. <laughs> no, no I'm, I'm not. But okay. Yeah, sure. Okay. Sure. Okay. So begin. Okay, so Shazam. Shazam is awesome. Shazam is great because he has so many capabilities. Uh, now, Superman has a lot of capabilities too, but Superman's boring. He's boring yes. and lame. Shazam, he has the mentality of a child, so he still has that fun-loving uh, uh, spirit about him. But when it's time to kick butt, he knows how to do it. He knows how to make an entrance. He shouts out his name and there's lightning and there he is and he catches you off guard and it's it's fun and it's cool and he has s he has the wisdom of solomon he has the strength of hercules the stamina of atlas the power of zeus the courage of achilles and the speed of mercury he's unbeatable now also he had one of the best dc movies that we've had out of all of the dceu movies shazam was definitely at the top one of the top five at least and of course he was played by the one and only zachary levi who is one of those people who can do anything and do it really, really well, right? Um, okay, listen, ah. I'm, I'm going to stop you right there because okay. 
This is Rogue we're talking about here. Cher, you know Rogue, sugar. Okay, so all Rogue has to do is walk up to Shazam and touch him. And boom, all of that's hers now. Okay? She already has the strength in the flight and the sexy southern accent. Okay? She's not an annoying child at heart. She is a sultry, beautiful badass. Uh, Listen, she also absorbed the fake Captain Marvel. You know, the one who got Captain Marvel name after Shazam. So... Uh, let's talk about that, okay? So, Rogue could easily take Shazam down in a fight. This is with these. Like, you're saying all this stuff about everything he has, and he's cooler than Superman, but at the end of the day, all Rogue has to do is put one little finger on his cheek, on his tiny little Shazam cheek. Well, not tiny, but... And then, boom. His abilities are her abilities. Well, you make a good point. You make a good point. But is she as fast as Shazam? Could she catch him? They keep him fly faster, right? She okay. Okay, no, I know Superman has raced the Flash before. Has Shazam raced him? I don't. I don't know. Okay, but let's also discuss uh, the fact that she's also part of the X Men. um, You know, and I know he's been part of the Justice League, but I mean, come on. And well, he can also share his powers with his family, right? His real family. Okay. Well, his real adopted family. His real adopted family. Okay. And granted, if we're going to talk about live action, I will cede that to you. Yeah. Uh, Zachary Levi Shazam is better than Anna Paquin's Rogue. I will cede that to you. Until. Hmm. Boom. Three minutes are up. Randall yeah. Nerdy. That was intense. It's intense. Listener, where are you leaning? You're leaning towards Shazam. You're leaning towards Rogue. Let us know via social media or email us, 30nerdypod at gmail.com. So what do you think? Do you like might it? I say, might I say, you made very, very good points, sir. Very good points. So did you. It was tough and I, I, against Shazam. I know. And I, I kind of like that it ended up that we were having to I, fight for our opposing teams there. That was cool. That was cool. It was Kismet. Yeah. That's a keeper. It is a keeper. Now I have another yeah. little random riddle for you. Not really a riddle. Um, so I saw this question pop up on a, a message board, and I wanted to discuss where we would stand. If you could arm the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles with any weapons from nerd culture, what would they be? So we got Donatello, Donatello, Leonardo, Raphael, Michelangelo. Donatello normally has his okay. supporter staff. And that's that's the easiest one. That's the only one that I automatically thought of. Okay. I'd give him Darth Maul's lightsaber. Okay. Right. I like that. Okay, the double lightsaber because he's already yeah. versed in a two-handed quarter staff. Yeah. Leonardo typically has two katanas. Right. Well, they we can't say lightsabers for everybody because no. that's that's easy. No, no. I I would give Leonardo cap shield. I okay. feel like he would embody Cap a little more. He's the leader. Other than Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Uh, he's the leader. Uh, he's blue. And I feel like he would look good with that shield on him. Okay. It's, okay. it's like a set for him. It'd be like an adamantium second turtle shell. Okay. Adamantium vibranium second turtle shell. Very, very smart. I like that. 
Okay, so how about Ralphie? Raphael's got the two size, and I feel this one's – I'd give him Wolverine's claws. Oh, that's good. That's good. That's Isn't I'd he do. also the strongest? He's right? the strongest, hard-headed, typically seen as a, a, a jerk because he's a little rough around the edges. Raph always is. But he is the strongest. What if he had, like um... – Gimli's axe, you know, like Ooh. a big, heavy-handed, you know. Yeah. Bigger. Yeah. Because I can tell you, it, he couldn't have me on there because Raph would not be worthy. Right. I don't know if any turtle would really be worthy other than Leo Donatello. would be the closest one. Donatello is the wisest, even though Leo is the leader. Uh, so I don't know if any of the turtles would be worthy to carry me on there. Um, uh, Splinter would probably, if we were to add him in, he'd be he'd be worthy. Master Splinter probably would be. Yeah, that's true. But Raph, either Wolverine's claws. How about Batman's utility belt for Raph, or one of the other two? Well, I'm trying to think personality wise, like. Donnie would probably do better with Batman's stuff, like yes. thinking things through and, you know, planning out your moves and, and, yeah. and being prepared. Okay. And plus he invents gadgets and stuff like that. So that sort of fits, right? Okay. So Donnie's definitely Batman's utility belt. Yeah. So maybe we'll forego the lightsaber because that's too yeah. busy. That was my automatic thought. So Donnie's um, Batman's utility belt. Leonardo, are we sticking with Cap Shield? I think so. Definitely. Raphael, Wolverine's Claws. Yeah. Like that? That's good. That's good. Yeah. Michelangelo. Mikey. He's a ghoster. The immature one, right? Usually has the Chucks. He's my favorite turtle. I've always leaned towards him, mainly because I'm a ghoster and my favorite character color's orange. Um, I love that Mike was such a badass, but he didn't take things too seriously. You wouldn't give him – I just think it would be ridiculous to give him the Stark suit, Iron Man suit. Turtle in an Iron Man suit would just be crazy. He would blow everything up. Yeah. What if we gave Michelangelo – ooh, uh, Nightwing's shock batons. The electric batons? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because they're very nunchuck-like. They're the closest aside from nunchucks. That you could give Michelangelo. It's not so bold and big like a shield because Michelangelo uses the nunchucks. They're not bold and big like long swords or a quarter staff. Um, And they're quick. And in all honesty, what what I love about the choice between Donatello and Michelangelo's is they're the only two that couldn't kill you. Have you noticed that? Raph and Leonardo, they swing their swords at you. You're dead. Notice how Donnie, the wisest of them all, and Michelangelo, the goofy one, have non-killing weapons in their arsenal. Says a lot about them. Slowly turning this into a deep dive for the turtles. That's not my intention. We'll get to. We'll have an episode one day where we. Oh, we should. But Michelangelo. Yeah. So maybe. Oh. Maybe because he's impatient yeah, and a little reckless. 
The Infinity Gauntlet. Fully loaded. Fully loaded. Let's just get this over to, with. So I don't even have pizza. to. I'll have to do a snap my fingers and we win. No problem. We, we get can pizza. all enjoy some pizza. Yeah, it'll be over. Hey, all right, we win. You guys <laughs> want to go get some pizza? Yeah, but like, you, you killed half the, the universe. Eh, more pizza. More for us. Splinter will fix it. Oh, did you see that? Did you catch that joke I made? What? Splinter will fix it. It's the rat that brings. Oh, <laughs> Rev, Rev will love that one. Yes, he will. And the jokes will start again. <laughs> well, at least they did right by the Hulk. They, oh, God. <laughs> now we're going to get hate mail from Logan. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time. It's true. So, uh, catching up on some more of the off-season and nerd culture, uh, let's talk a little bit about the box office for the month of January. Uh, Aside from No Way Home, have you seen anything else? Nothing. Hmm. Well, I went and saw Scream with Maddie. Um, Great success. Great movie. Uh, Scream is my favorite slasher franchise. Um, And I would put slasher, you know, that's Jason, Michael, Freddy, Prom Night, Texas Chainsaw, Scream, those movies. Right. Scream is my favorite. It was our slasher of our generation, starting in the 90s. It started a whole new genre of things. You know, the call coming from inside the house, the killer could be your lab partner. And just really for the hell of it, you know? Um, it was, it was really good. It was what you would call a requel. And they even kind of do some meta humor in the movie. And I know you're probably not going to see it. Uh, so there's this entire moment where they're sitting around and this is spoilers for anybody who hasn't seen screen or screen five, but it's called screen. Um, it, uh, currently is well over a hundred million dollars in the box office, which is hard for a horror movie to do, especially a slasher. Um, it actually is very close to beating the first installment. So it'll be the highest grossing screen movie. Um, so there's this moment where, so all the killer, all the kids, the main, the new crew, the main people are connected to the original in some form or fashion. Um, so they are in the house of Randy, who was played by Jamie Kennedy in the originals, his sister. So Randy's nephew and niece are hosting everybody there. Sam, who is Billy Loomis, the killer from the first one's illegitimate daughter. Um, Dewey is there to kind of talk about the whole thing, kind of bring them into the fold. Like the killer is usually someone, you know, blah, blah, blah. Here are the rules that Randy gave us. But his niece then goes, yes, but this is a requel. The rules are different, blah, 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 blah. And so they're starting to talk about the stab movies. And how Stab 8 was terrible. And they uh, said, uh, Stab 8 was awful. It was absolutely awful. It it ruined a lot of people's childhoods of the original Stab. Uh, It was directed by that guy from Knives Out. Um, He did things that regular fans were not so happy with. Uh, His hero was a a Susie something. They used a, a... you know, they just tried to make changes just to make changes, you know, just to try to make his own story when that's not really the time 
in your own trilogy midway is not your time to make your own story you should have just started your trilogy with it they're making all these star wars reference like shitting on last jedi <laughs> in this and it'd be like and be like well and then one pops in and goes like you can shit on it all you want but you also have to say the toxic fandom is just as heavy to blame and we're like oh yeah no what they're both wrong the guy who did it is wrong and the toxic fans who are upset about it they're wrong too like it's just it was a bad situation we need to move away from it stab eight was terrible <laughs> i'm sitting there just dying laughing and maddie starts laughing and i'm like brilliant that was so smartly done you you made light of it you somewhat called ryan johnson out because he is the knives out director it's yeah. the eighth installment but you're also calling out the toxic fan base. I was like, that was brilliantly done. Beautiful. Um, the only downfall of the whole movie is actually something I predicted. I didn't know it would be this person, um, but it was time. We did lose one of the original three. And this is a big spoiler. Dewey dies. Oh, yes, it was the farewell of David Arquette in this movie. Um, it was so brutal, uh, but he had already survived four of them. And honestly, the character trope that is Dewey shouldn't survive that long. Probably should have been killed off in two. But uh, they, uh, is it on Peacock right now? It's in theaters. OK, I didn't yeah. know if it was one of those exclusive in theaters. They did okay. it exclusively in theaters. Uh, it's still out and it'll stall. It'll probably still be out for a little bit because uh, it's doing really well. And they're already talking about Scream 6. So uh -huh. that's cool. But let's talk about the top 10 box offices. I know I said five, but I'd like to do these 10 because it's kind of weird. Of, of January 2022. Liquor's Pizza at number 10, uh, over 6 million. I hadn't even heard of that one. Nope, but it's writer and director was another person who trash talked comic book movies. Ah, serves you right. <laughs> Number nine, Redeeming Love with over six million. West Side Story at number eight. I've with, heard great things about it, still haven't seen it. With over seven million. A little over nine million, we got The Matrix Resurrections, which I have Jesus. heard some polarizing things about. Oh, man. Well, I haven't seen it. Rough. Oh, I hate to hear that. Rough. American Underdog with over 12 million. So uh, is that the one with the dog, the actual dog in it? And uh, Channing Tatum? Yes. Um, the 355, which has all those uh, box office ladies killing it in the movie, uh, with over 13 million. The King's Man, the prequel to the Kings of the Movies. With over 17 million. Sing 2 at number 3. With over 58 million. Kids movie sales. Mm -hmm. Scream. At number 2. With in, Jan in January over 62 million. Which are now sitting at over 100 million. And of course. Number 1. I'll give you 3 guesses. Juice. And you'll probably only need 1. Why it's Spider-Man of course. Absolutely. It is Spider-Man. Which is now. Less than 20 million away 
from being the top uh, uh, grossing movie in the U.S. of all time. Wow. Less than $20 million away from taking on Avatar and Endgame. I know for a fact that there's kids at school who still haven't been to see it who are planning to see it or you know are still currently going to see it. Well, so if you look at the worldwide, there are places who still haven't gotten it yet. Yeah. It hasn't dropped yet. They did a really funny um, opening skit on Saturday Night Live uh, a couple weeks ago. But the opening was like Joe Biden talking about, um, you know, the the Omicron and and all that stuff. He's like, well, there's one thing that Americans can do to slow down this virus. Stop going to see (laughs) Spider-Man. When did everybody go to the same place at the same time? When did Spider-Man come out? December 17th. When did everybody have Omicron? A week later. Stop going to see Spider-Man. And they go into this whole thing. And it's like, well, sir, haven't you seen Spider-Man? And he's like, no, I haven't seen it. Jill and I haven't seen it. We tried to go last night, but they only had one seat left. What was I supposed to do? Have Jill go see Encanto by herself? And I looked up at the screen like this. <laughs> Stop going to see Spider-Man. <laughs> so if you haven't seen that, go back and watch it. Really funny. And just goes to show, like, for all the people who accuse SNL and stuff of being too liberal and whatnot. They make yeah. fun of everybody. Get yeah. over yourself and enjoy it and laugh. Okay. They're a lot it's like fun. South Park in that way. Nobody nobody's safe. Is nobody's safe. Safe. So really funny. Check it out. Um, everyone's streaming these days, but it still hasn't killed the box office. Like some people thought it would. Um, we've talked about Boba Fett. We've talked about Peacemaker. We talked about the Harry Potter reunion. There is so much going on in the world of streaming. So that prompted me to look up 2021's top streaming shows. These are the top 15, okay? Okay. For the year of 2021. I bet you I haven't seen half Probably not. Yeah, yeah. Starting at 15. The Walking Dead, Seinfeld, Bones, The Blacklist. Shameless. Yes. New Girl. Gilmore Girls. Shit's Creek. Yeah. Supernatural. Manifest. Heartland. NCIS. Grey's Anatomy. Coco Melon and Criminal Minds. Well, I've contributed heavily to the Coco Melon streaming. I'll tell you yes. that. Some of those are crazy. Um, to think that. Things like uh, Seinfeld and, and Criminal Minds and NCIS are still and getting numbers. I guarantee you, if The Office was still on Netflix, it'd, it'd be, be on there. there. Yeah. You know, people don't have the peacock. Absolutely. there. It's great to see Supernatural in the top 10, uh, especially since the season ended. Season finale happened in 2021. I would imagine it saw a lot of people catching up on Netflix. Uh, and there are still people who are going to catch up on Supernatural because J- Jensen just got the green light for his uh, prequel, prequel series, The Winchesters. Uh, Jared just got the green light on his prequel to Walker, uh, which he's producing and working on. I guess it's going to be about young Walker. Gotham Knights TV show got the season one green light. It'll be interesting to see who that is. If it's the Titans cast, if it's a new cast, but it did get the season one green light. Gotham Knights did. Okay. Uh, and in a recent interview with uh, 
um, Rosenbaum and his podcast, uh, Inside of You. Have you listened to any of it, Michael Rosenbaum's? No. It's good. No. He had Jensen on there, and they talked about Supernatural and the boys and stuff like that. And uh, he says, so you got the voice Batman. You know, what was that like? He's like, oh, it's every boy's dream, you know, especially when you grew up reading comics like I did. He's like, you know, a, a boy from a middle class family growing up in Texas outside of Dallas. You know, it's like you never thought you were going to be, you know, what I turned out being. You know, I didn't know I'd be a Dean Winchester and the boys one day. I just thought, you know, I'd be working in a mill somewhere or something like that. And he's like, you always dreamed of being Batman, Superman, Spider-Man, things like that. Um, he's like the first time I got to say I'm Batman, I teared up in the in the in the voice box in the in the recording booth because it's everybody's dream. Sure. And he said, I do have a few more DC projects in the works that I can't talk about, but there are a few other things I've got coming up with DC. Uh, so I'm excited about that. And I was like, What? No, you can't say that and not tell us something. Come on, man. <laughs> it's like multiple DC projects. Maybe a uh, Gotham Knights. He's the Red Hood. I wanted to end this episode with Nerd Year's resolutions. I can do that. Okay, so I'm a terrible Marvel fan because I've gone all these years without watching all of the Marvel Netflix shows. Okay. Um, I have tried two or three times to get through Jessica Jones, and I've just never been able to do it. Because to be honest with you, it just didn't grab me. Um, David Tennant's in it. I know, I know, I know. Uh, now I have seen two of the three or four seasons of Daredevil. I saw most of the first season of Punisher, but other than that, nothing. So on my list is I'm going to watch all of that stuff. The Defenders, basically, and, and not because it's now like super relevant to the MCU. It was already technically part of the MCU, but like now that they're bringing Charlie Cox and stuff. Besides that, I, I've wanted to do this anyway, so that's on the list for sure. I, I've got a whole slew of comic books that I, I want to read um, that I've got saved. I have a Comixology account, so I read them on my Kindle. Nice. I've got six, seven, eight things already on there uh, that I'm wanting to go through. i got to dedicate more time to that. I really want to get better versed in some of the comics that I don't know, um, like I read the original Secret Wars series from the what, 80s or yeah. whenever it was, like first appearance of the black suit Spider-Man. Um, I had like kind of read that several years ago. I had, I had visited that, um, but I'd forgotten all of it. So I did that. I want to do more stuff like that. Yeah. So those are the two things that come to mind. More comics, uh, both brands, blue, blue and red, and to uh, catch up on all those Marvel shows on Netflix. And supernatural. <laughs> it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. This is the year, baby. That's it. This is it. <laughs> um, I watch one a day. I'll be done in like four years. So. <laughs> oh God. Um, no problems. <laughs> and easy. That's easily done. <laughs> um, mine is to. Uh, try to get into some anime. Um, oh. That is not a world that I'm heavily versed in. Like literally yeah. my anime extends to Sailor Moon and Dragon Ball Z and Voltron. Mine even less than that. So, so it's like, 
but it's all the rage now. Like everybody's talking about my hero and, and the attack on Titan and demon hunter or slayer or whatever it is. Um, so it's to do that. And that's not just to, so I can talk about it with people. It's to just be more verse. Listen, I, a good friend of mine at work, he's an art teacher. Um, we, he, he's our kind of people. Okay. We'll Shout out to Kenyon who does not listen, but <laughs> he and his wife went to, we, we all went out to uh, the jig and reel. And he and his wife came in, they were a little late because they had been to an anime party. And this, he's not an anime guy. Okay. Nor is his wife. I don't know why they were there, but they felt the need that they had to go make an appearance at the anime party. And they watched this show and I've already forgotten the name of it, but it's about this cooking school. And the whole show is based on, they have cooking challenges. And it's like this huge deal. And he said, watch one episode and that's all you need to see. But you should see it because it's like kind of unbelievable. <laughs> so, so I've looked for it and I've seen Gordon Ramsay in this show. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I wish I could remember the name of it. That's weird. But uh, yeah, I did look it up and I, I, I didn't get it. You know, like think about like in Pokemon when the two trainers meet and they're having this epic showdown and they choose their Pokeballs and stuff like that. But like with cakes and stuff, spaghetti and whatnot. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Anime is just not my thing, man. And and I'm sure that there are several of them that if I really just dedicated the time and and just gave it a chance. I'm sure that I would love lots of things about it, but also maybe not so much. You know, I've tried, I've just, I've tried and it's, I just feel like it's not for me, man. You know, I love that they have these deep rich histories and that people love them so much. And there's all this great character development apparently in them and all that stuff. And, you know, I love the whole, you know, like, why do we love wrestling? We love that building up that bad guy and building up the hero and who's going to win. Like, you know, we love that stuff. So I'm sure that that aspect of it, I would love. Um, yeah. So maybe I haven't found the right one yet. I get kids suggest stuff to me all yeah. the time. You know, Logan talks about it. Maybe one day, maybe, maybe if you go on this journey and you find some stuff and, <laughs> and you really get into it, maybe you can um, sway me. Because I, I don't know how many times I can hear, you watch Avatar? And I have to go, <laughs> no, no, I don't. Naruto? No. no. My hero? <sighs> I've watched Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> oh, so you don't watch anime? No. One man punch. Punch man or... Uh, Ghost in a Shell, Attack on Titan. It's just so many. And, like, it is its own world. It really is. And I'd have to say that by a landslide, the cosplay at New York Comic Con was major, majorly anime-driven. Yeah, and, and off to Other stuff like that. So even if it's just to broaden my spectrum in nerd, nerd culture, uh, to be able to have a conversation, to see this world really for the first time because even though i watched sailor moon and dragon ball z and voltron and all that growing up 
that's just the tip of the iceberg in this anime world. And those were the mainstream at the time. So just to see what it's about. And I might get six months in and go, still not for me, you know, but I'm going to try. You know, I'm going to text Logan and say, if I were to tell you to give me a list of two anime to finish by the end of this year, what would it be? And You're going to commit to a whole series? Well, some of these apparently are not that long. Some of these animes. Um, okay. So, I don't know. We'll see. Um, and the other thing that I would like to do is uh, the same as you, is read more on source material. Yeah. Um, stuff like that. Um, I would recommend Comixology. Yeah, because I like... I would like to know where the things we're seeing, what they're deriving from. Yeah. Because like. And it's hard, man, because there's so many different volumes and reiterations yeah. and versions of things like there's so much stuff out there. But, um, you know, diving into it, I think is just the best. Way. I, I tell my kids at school all the time, the best way it's like. When you don't know how to swim and somebody pushes you in the deep end of the pool, you just go for it and you figure it out. So that's the way I'm looking at this, too. Kind of like those first uh, couple of weeks in the summer, you're like, you're not going to get used to the water by sitting on the outside. It yeah. might be cold at first, but you got to jump oh, yeah. in. That's true. <laughs> but, man, I'm glad it's back. We've talked a lot. We've broken down a lot. Next week's episode is going to be a little bit more targeted. I know you have been wanting to do this episode. Oh, yeah. This has been on my list for a long time. We are going to be celebrating the Valentine's Day holiday with a beautiful love story from the nerd culture. We're going to be talking to Scott Pilgrim, some plot stuff, some facts, some behind the scenes stuff and celebrating uh, Valentine's Day that way. Yeah, I'm excited. So all you Scott Pilgrim fans, uh, send in uh, questions, comments, thoughts on Scott Pilgrim. Deep-seated emotional issues. <laughs> um, stuff like that. Uh, if you've heard anything to uh, upset you in this episode, send all of your hate to at NerdyJD1 um, yeah. on Twitter. Um, anything you disagreed with. I haven't gotten uh, any yet. It was Still all by him. Uh, he thought he also thinks Greedo shot first. Um, now, no, 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 no. <laughs> Don't put that evil on me now. <laughs> this is false. <laughs> Identity theft is not a joke, Tyler. <laughs> this man is a liar. <laughs> Imposter. And we're closing out the episode differently this season with all of the info where to find us all that in one lump sum here at the end. So we're going to close it out with the W5 on 30 and Nerdy Juice. It's great to be back. Yes, Doing sir. Nerdy podcast. The fantastic fourth season is mm -hmm. amongst us. It's going to be a great year. And uh, thanks for tuning in again, nerds. Juice, you have a great night. And same to you, sir. We shall catch all of you nerds out there next week. Happy mm -hmm. Valentine's Day. Yes. And cheers to you. You've been listening to the 30 and Nerdy podcast, brought to you by Advertising Expressions, Encore Theatrical Company. Tennessee Legend Distillery, and the Gatlinburg Brewing Company. 30 and Nerdy Podcast is a bad cast company production. Founder of the Council of Nerds. Survive the apocalypse by finding 30 and Nerdy Podcast along with other amazing shows at podchaser.com. 
Looking for more on the 30 and Nerdy Podcast? Check out the website, 30andnerdypodcast.com. There you'll find our directory. We're on TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and everywhere in between. To leave a voicemail, you can go to speakpipe.com slash 30andnerdypod, or you can leave an email, 30andnerdypod at gmail.com. Until next time, nerd up or shut up. Cheers to you, nerds. I don't